the Go to Real Business show is it's given us and given the business a voice to say what the Scottish economy could be. I hope that driving enterprise and business is at the heart of whoever is running any government. We believe in people striving, working hard, taking on people, creating the jobs. And we have to make it that we are so attractive for people to come here and to open businesses. But at the moment, it looks like when you listen to startups and scale-ups, it's the opposite. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, Willie. Morning, Thomas. Now, I want to start this morning with a bit of good news for a young Glaswegian, Blair Ferguson, 20 years old, and he's just won a Grammy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, just to show that we're down with the kids, Willie, I think that's DWK, <laughs> so my kids tell me. Um, he goes by the name of BLK. Now, I don't know if that's black or what it is, but... He wrote a song in his auntie's attic and with an artist, which Kevin, the gallery tells me, is called Scissor, and she's actually been in here yes. in the recording studio. And um, But 20 years old and he's won a Grammy. Unbelievable. i seen it, I read it, and i seen the picture of the lad. Couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously, we've had brilliant success with Calvin Harris, you know, yeah. Boyfriend on the Borders, and now this young guy who we don't, we've never heard of. No. And he gets the exposure. The first time that we get to know about him is when he's up there picking up a Grammy. Amazing. But he's got 163 million views on YouTube. Wow. It shows you and I don't watch YouTube. And he's working with Justin Bieber, Diddy, and 24K Golden, I'm sure you know all their All their albums, got all their stuff, Tim. <laughs> You've got all their <laughs> But, and let's just keep it going, the Oscars. Yes. Have you ever been to the Oscars? I haven't. I have never been to the Oscars. I, I would love to go to the Grammys, actually. Yeah. When you go to the Oscars, Willie, you seemingly, if you're a VIP, get a goodie bag. Right. And these goodie bags can be worth up to 125 grand. Wow. Wow. So... A company from Campbelltown, yeah. Fetcher Chocolates, got to put their product in the goodie bag. Fiona MacArthur started her mum's kitchen in Campbelltown and her chocolates, there's no plastic packaging, there's no dairy, no egg, no gluten, no soya, no palm oil, no alcohol. And this girl, Fiona, maybe we should get her on, she sold out because her chocolates are going to be in the goodie bag and she's made like Barbie chocolates and um, Oppenheimer chocolates Brilliant. and stuff. So, again, it's amazing. Have you got to watch how you open the Oppenheimer ones just in case they go off? <laughs> <laughs> and just to finish on Scottish success stories, um, Taylor Swift, who's coming to Scotland, have you got your tickets? Uh, yes, I have. Yes, but I won't be going, but I've got the tickets. Well, I've got the tickets and I'm going because yeah. my family told me I've got to go. You're a Swifty, Tam? I'm, well, you know, I'm a Swifty. Right. A Swifty. I like a wee Swifty now and again, Willie. And, um, but Taylor Swift seemingly wore a dress by a Perthshire, a Perthshire company, um, Little Lies, and it sold out straight away online. So another Scottish success story. Brilliant. So Scotland has actually run amok at the Oscars and the Grammys. And the Grammys. The nearest I ever got to uh, going to the Oscars was I was in LA and I drove by the venue with James Mortimer in the car. And I says, well, that's the Oscars. 
and we drove by all the people were queuing up again and by the time we'd went two miles James had told 30,000 people in Glasgow we were at the Oscars <laughs> <laughs> James no black a ticket he's, he's not, not really if I stopped the car he would have he would have <laughs> right so that was a good wee start can now, I just fix something for last you week you can Willie last week I said that when I was talking about football I mentioned that the billionaire owner of Brentford Bill Foley and I got that wrong he's the billionaire owner of Bournemouth right just right here Rick just How did he make his money, Willie? Do you know? I've no idea, no but idea. he's also the guy who just bought, as he says, the part in the Hibs. He's, he's into small, Hibs, right? Okay. 24%er. So, I want to talk this week, Willie, about a company that the listeners may or may not have heard of. Obviously, you and I haven't heard of it because they're making a lot of money on a weight loss drug. So, the company is a Danish company called Novo Nordisk. Yeah. It's now Europe's most valuable company, market cap over $500 billion. Yeah. And they make the wee govy um, weight loss. But the way this company started, Willie, is absolutely amazing. Um, there was a scientist in Denmark and his wife got diabetes. This is way back, mm. early 1900s. Yeah. And he heard about a company in Canada who'd come up with, some scientists had come up with... Um, it was insulin, yes. right? So he tra travelled to try and save his wife. Good Valentine's Day story. Yeah. And he, he met the Canadians and they said, yeah, we really like you and we'll give you a licence for this, but we don't want that all the profits just going into shareholders' pockets. We want you to set up a charitable foundation. And he did. And to this day, 70% of the votes in Novo Nordisk are controlled by a charity. And, and their aim is to eradicate diabetes. So they put the profits of, of their share into medical research. Yeah. So my point about this company is, remember the Hunter Foundation did their piece on Ireland and a government setting out a long-term strategy to get certain industries and make it absolutely easy for those companies to come. So Ireland did it, and one of the areas was Biopharma, and this company is now going to, Novo Nordisk, is putting $2 billion into Ireland yeah. because they've created a cluster in Ireland. They've got 14 of the top Biopharma companies in the world are there in Ireland, a place of 3 million people because... There was a tax benefit, yes, there was, but there was talent and the government made it easy for those businesses to do business. Is that a blueprint or a green print? Well, I think it's good that you've brought this up and I know a wee bit about, um, about Northern August. Yes. And I think that, put it this way, if you'd have bought shares in that a few years ago, you'd be very rich today. Yes. Very rich. You but... are very rich, Willie, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great example you just gave one example, right? So you spend a lot of money, you get a report done, you take it to the Scottish government and you say, look, guys, have a look at this, right? And let me tell you, that investment by Novo Nordisk in Ireland will be way beyond any revenues that we are talking about in our progressive tax journey that we're on. Correct. So as we are talking today, as you're talking, that the jobs created the wealth created from that inward investment will be absolutely fantastic. And the tax that will be paid, even though there's a tax advantage, as you say, it's all about the tax take. 
right? So there's well a done, huge Willie. You've been listening. Right, so there's a huge tax that Ireland will get, right? But the sad thing is, on a day when you have made that point about here's what economic growth means, and it's what we're going about every week, what do we do? We want to put the price of alcohol up by 30%, right? Mm-hmm on a time when our hospitality industry is on its knees, okay? So there you go, guys, there's another barrier. And secondly, we want to now tax people for parking on the pavement, right? Now, I know it's terrible when people can't get by, when people park, right? But let me tell you something. I'd love to take the leaders of Glasgow over to King's Park, uh-huh. right? And show them all the houses in King's Park, take all the houses over in Cardonald. They were all built pre-war. It will be nigh impossible if every car in the streets in Montford Avenue park on the road, no two cars can get up and down the street. Public transport will not get up and down the street. So this has not been thought out. So I'd like to know, right, what they plan to do in areas. So we're just going to make it, oh, it's exempt in that street because it's not, it's too narrow. It's it's a dog's dinner. I'm really now getting hacked off with, we want to help the poor women with the pram that can't be guided by the car. And that, and that is a problem. Uh-huh. This is just a tax, right? I don't care another about the wee woman with the pram that can't get by the car. Another it's just tax. another tax. So my point and the Irish point and the Novo Nordisk point is Ireland, which was in a bad way 40 years ago, Willie, you, you know about it, um, set down and they set out sectors where they wanted to attract business. My proposition to the Scottish government was let's do the same for the next 30, 40 years for Scotland and let's make it easy for those businesses to come to Scotland to do business. They will bring the jobs, the people will pay their taxes and that's what makes the world go round. But, and I've got to bring this up, it was covered in the in the Times this week that there was a plan that came out a couple of years ago and you and I contributed to it, um, the National Economic Transformation. Um, Two years on, the Scottish Government haven't even put a board together to decide how it's doing. The Auditor General of Scotland, Stephen Boyle, a very good guy, and he's non-political, this is not a political point. Yeah. I'm, I'm not political either. His words, the plan lacks political leadership. There are no clear targets. And the delivery board has not been set up two years afterwards. So I don't allow MD to come into my office and just moan. I feel as if I'm moaning quite a lot these days. So let's come up with some solutions. So on the longer term economic plan for Scotland, let's set it out, let's focus, let's go from this just transition, let's make it AI, and let's go out there and have a laser focus about bringing these businesses to Scotland. Okay, we can't offer them the corporation tax incentive because that's devolved to Westminster. Um, But let's make it easy. In Scottish Enterprise, let's have one point of contact. So if you're coming, say, I I want to come to Scotland, you only deal with me. You don't get pushed from pillar to post. We make it easy. The other thing, there was 16 different trade bodies wrote to the Scottish Government this week complaining about things like business rates. You know, Stephen Leckie 
up there at Creef Hydro said he had 30 million ready to invest, but he wasn't going to do it because the rates. So here's a solution if the First Minister's listening today. England and the rest of the UK do have a 75% um, discount on business rates for hospitality and areas where they need it. Just put it to work in Scotland. Because I sat with a business this week and Becky, who runs Pure Spas, said she was investing in spas in England because Scotland, it was too expensive because of the rates. And that means the jobs don't come here. The people don't pay their tax here. It is economic self-harm. But Tom, let me say to you, we've touched on this in the past, right? But sadly, I need to say to you, there's no chance of that happening, right? Oh, come on, no, Wally, no, there must be a chance. No, I'll tell you why. If you remember back... The morning that Nicola Sturgeon launched, I think it was called The Nest, right? The Nest. The Nest, right? For this economic growth plan. I don't know if you remember it. It was a joint press conference with Patrick Harvey, standing in juxtaposition. Yep. And as soon as Nicola waved it, and you could see it, it was, you know, it wasn't that um, warm and they're saying, look, here it is, we've got an economic plan, thanks very much, ask him the questions. <laughs> but all the journalists go to Patrick Harvey and they say to Patrick Harvey, how does this sit with you when, like, you're anti-growth? And his response was, like, well, all other Green parties throughout Europe, yes, we are anti-growth. <laughs> so what chance have you got? That's why nothing's happened in two years. And listen, see, for everybody that's listening to this programme and everybody who might read about this tomorrow in, in the Herald, I'm telling you, be afraid, right? If we don't do something about economic growth, let me tell you, our public services are going to die a slow death. It's going to be death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. And so when Patrick Harvey's on question time this week and you talk about taxing the rich and feeding the poor, everybody's going to clap you. Tell us how. Tell us how we're going to do it. I mean, that's it, Willie. There seems to be, they don't understand this link between a vibrant private sector yeah. that pays its taxes to fund a vibrant public sector. If you don't have that, then you can't afford to give people free prescriptions. I mean, just in the free prescriptions, you and I shouldn't get free prescriptions. Oh. I, when I actually go in, I make a point of pain. Yeah. But, and they say, oh, it's, it's, too, it's too expensive to do a means-tested. No, it's not. We've all got a thing called a Scottish tax code now. If you earn above X, pay for your prescription. Yeah. Pay, for your, pay for your eye test. Pay for your bus pass, whatever it is. But, but Tom, it gets worse. Monday we 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 declare this, but we're going to know we've actually got a housing crisis. Yeah. Right. And then this week, everyone's having a go at the government for taking over two hundred million out the budget to build affordable and social housing. It's a problem. It's Molly. a problem. It's, it's a, a problem. problem. So I think we set this up for business to get a voice. Here's what I'm saying to everybody out there: you've been too quiet. Right, everybody has to stand up right now. Let your voice be heard if you're not happy with what's going on here because it's the only way we're going to get change. But take my point, Willie, is we can't just moan. We've got to have solutions. So we've got a solution to the rates. We've got a solution for the long-term economic plan. And, and you and I are willing to help. I know, even though you're a Labour man, you care about Scotland above party politics. And... I am worried about the way the country's going just now. Tom, when the SNP-led government launched the economic growth plan, 
I fed into it, you fed into it. Yep. I didn't care who was running the country. Yep. If they would have uh, endorsed that, swatted Patrick Harvey out the way, here's what we're going to do, here's what we're, here's what we're plan. If they'd have put a board together, if they'd started, I'd be sitting here saying, well done. Yep. Well done. Well done. No matter what colour of politics, whatever it is, right? So if you're SNP, if you're Labour, if you're Conservative, see if you've got a good idea to grow the economy. I'm backing you. Right. So this is a no moan zone on the Go Radio Business Show. Yeah. The Glasgow Chamber of Commerce update with Chief Executive Stuart Patrick. Thomas, we've got an old friend, Stuart Patrick, back on the show this morning. Whose middle name is Positive Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him. He's always sweetness and light and positivity. I think me and you could be beating him up today. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart, welcome. Uh, thank happy you very much. New Year. And I we haven't saw you for a while, too. Stuart. Well, What's been, been going on? We've been very busy uh, yeah. trying to make progress in, in the city. So to begin with the positive Glasgow news, um, the process for deciding how the Glasgow investment zone will work is now well underway. The Glasgow City region is inviting proposals with strong business investment and jobs outcomes that would help build the region's economy. Launched jointly by the UK and Scottish governments, the investment zone will have £160 million worth of resources to deploy over 10 years, which will come as a mix of grants and tax incentives. Projects looking for investment support must be focused on at least one of three sectors, health and life sciences, advanced manufacturing and digital and enabling technologies. The Chamber took a very active role in lobbying for Glasgow to get an investment zone following the rejection of Glasgow's bid for a free port. So we were pleased when the two governments chose Glasgow for one of Scotland's two zones. A lot of work has already been done to build three innovation districts in the region. Uh, the Glasgow City Innovation District around the University of Strathclyde campus in Glasgow City Centre. The Advanced Manufacturing Innovation District, also led by Strathclyde University, which hosts the National Manufacturing Institute for Scotland and which sits next door to Glasgow Airport. And the Glasgow Riverside Innovation District, led by the University of Glasgow, which is building commercialised research activity at both the Gilmer Hill campus and at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital Complex. Most recently, uh, in November, Glasgow University announced that a brand new health innovation hub was starting construction in Govan to provide lab and office space for life sciences and health businesses as part of a strategy to build our own life sciences cluster. Sounds good, Stuart. Indeed. Um, and the Chamber's arguing that at least one of those investment innovation districts should benefit from investment zone status. And Scottish Enterprise included support for the districts in their new strategy plan. Good. Details on how to submit proposals? You can find them on the Glasgow City Region website and the process is open until the 31st of March. Next up is Glasgow Airport, where Emirates specifically picked out Glasgow as one of its most promising destinations. Wow. Operating the A380 to Dubai, it announced forward bookings were already up 51% on last year. My goodness. KLM has also announced a fifth daily flight to Schiphol starting in April. And business was up last year to Heathrow, to Paris Charles de Gaulle and to Frankfurt. But the main target this year is to get direct flights to the United States back into the yes, schedule. Yes, of course, they need to do that. York Aviation estimates, for example, that a summer seasonal direct flight to New York would deliver £47 million in new investment, £12 million in exports and £5 million in tourism spend each year for the city region. Yeah. So the Chamber's going to be gathering support for the airport's campaign on this this spring. 
Unsurprisingly, growing exports is a core mission for the Chamber, and the United States is one of our target markets. But this year, the Chamber is also arranging trade visits to Southeast Asia, Germany, and China, with dates set for a mission to Singapore and Indonesia in late April. Excellent. Less encouraging has been the member feedback on Glasgow City Centre. Oh, the usual. Indeed. Recovery and footfall and spend stalled in the last two months of 2023, yeah. and the news from Socky Hall Street has remained gloomy. There have been problems with the public realm improvement project that has left the street looking particularly unattractive, and a recent planning committee decision rejecting Fusion students' proposals for the former Marks & Spencer's unit was especially unwelcome. The Chamber hopes to see the Fusion proposal return to the committee for review, and we welcomed the Vita proposals with their House of Social product for the burnt-out ABC site next to the Glasgow School of Art. We also know that Marks & Spencer's is actively committing to investing in its offer uh, in the city centre this year, and we're seeing steady improvements at the St Enoch Centre, with a large unit being prepared for a retailer new to Glasgow later in the spring. The Chamber has research work on the ground right now looking at what employers are planning with their return to the office policies this year. Glasgow's slow return to the office has been a key feature of quieter trading in the city centre outside the and, weekend. And, and Stuart, is it fair to say that Glasgow, looking at UK cities, is slowest? Y yes, of the large cities, yes. The large it cities? has been the slowest to so, come back. Any idea why? Um... We wonder about the extent to which the public sector policies on uh, return to office have been much, much more so, uh, liberal. So uh, just so I understand it, what is the public sector policy about working in the office? Well, as far as we know, it's there is no uh, requirement to come do we uh, like? any minimum number they, of days no? to the office. It's do what you like. Wow. Yeah, that's really what it is. And, okay. and we've now got the Greens, you know, pushing for an actual four-day week. Now, for working, whether you're working from home or working in the office, so right. all of this is is you know making us less competitive, right? As a city, um, not a good route to go down for people. I'm I'm all for I've said it here before for exploring a four day week, but if you're working the right amount of hours, it used to work in five. Yeah, right. We have mentioned that, but but sure. Can I just ask you? I'm hearing a story that the reason for the public realm work in Sucky Hall Street being the shambles that it is is because they've found that a major sewer runs along Sucky Hall Street. I don't know if you've heard that. A oh, gas, really? a gas is means. Is a gas means? Yeah, and that is true. There yeah. was a, a need to redesign the the scheme to reflect the discovery. I mean, it's not unlike what happened with the Edinburgh trams. Yes. In, uh, in, oh dear, yeah, don't yeah, mention yeah. Edinburgh trams. So what it looks like, Tom, just like the Edinburgh trams, it looks like a building site that has been abandoned. Yep. Nothing is happening. Right. And it's been for months and months and months. If you see an aerial view of Circuit Hall Street, you wouldn't go near it. Uh, yeah, they moved all the resources onto Cambridge Street yeah. in order to uh, speed that along. But yeah. that has left. It, it's left uh, the site looking untended. Yeah. And I think one of the complaints has been that not yeah. enough work has been done to present the site, or indeed to hide the site, actually. Right. Why it needs right. to be open to public view is a, is a controversy. Yeah. Well, Stuart, let's put you right behind the eight ball. Yep. Okay. So we've been saying for weeks and weeks, and I think you agreed the last time you were on, that the, the hospitality industry needs help. What do you think that all the people out there struggling will think today when they see that there's proposals maybe to put alcohol prices up by 30%? Well, the first thing I'd say about that is, I'm again wondering 
whether that was put through the New Deal for Business business regulation group that was meant to be set up to assess what the business impacts of policy yeah. would be. Because clearly, yeah. and our concern isn't just that it will have an impact on demand in, uh, in hospitality or uh, in, um, well, actually more, more important for us is the impact it will have on exports. If there's a minimum price that keeps yeah. going up on uh, whiskey, for whiskey, example, yeah. Yeah. what does that do to any of your trade negotiations yeah. you're trying to win in overseas markets? So, yeah. so I, I, I take it the objective of this policy is, is because they, they want to sort um, people drinking too yes. much, et yes. cetera. Yeah. But it seems to me that's a, a worthy objective it doesn't seem they've consulted with the businesses they're doing it to again so they can come up with a, a more intelligent policy for this. Yes. This is becoming something of a regular occurrence, um, unfortunately. Some of the uh, announcements in the budget as well that came through that uh, announcement on additional rates for large retailers. Yeah. Again, no consult consultation, no assessments of the impact. Yeah. And that's what we've been promised in the in the yeah. New Deal for Business. We took a an open minded view with uh, the Hamza Yusuf administration that yep. they were uh, wanting to reset the relationship with so, business, and we still stick to that. But could we please see some of these initiatives yes. go through the process they've agreed but, with well, us? Tom so we're in a no moan zone, or you can moan, but you've got to have a solution. What's your solutions this morning, Stuart? On that specific On point. That specific. Take it through the the business regulation group. Let us see. Was what that the set up? It, well, as I understand it, it, I'm not sure how it's operating yet. Yeah. I've not seen it. I'd like to see it. If it hasn't been yeah. set up, I'd like to see it set up. So I'd like even everything... you, who's at the heart of all this, doesn't know if it's been set up. I don't. Right. No. Right. right. Okay. Okay. So in the minute we've got left, sure, where when you were talking about the city deal, I believe is there some talk about. Potentially a city deal too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think there's a kind of cross-party yeah. view that uh, we're ten years into the yeah. existing city deal, and it's Manchester and Birmingham have been yeah. through several iterations yeah. of their deals. More devolution of powers to to those cities has happened. Yeah. To what extent can we uh, do the same? Whether it's an innovation deal or a city deal mark two or yeah. you know uh, a regional skills devolution yeah. deal. There's a whole series of options, but I am hearing much more positive language, uh, at least from the UK government uh, and from the Labour Party, that that's something that they would be keen to. Explore. So you're all for that, Willie? Yeah, one thing I'd like to do, obviously, way back in the day, I was heavily involved. I was chairman of the Economic Advisory right. Board to the first city deal, uh, and then I come off it out and there was a change of, of, of leadership in Glasgow. Um, I think the big acid test will be what did you do to the GDP with the 1.2 billion we gave you the last time before we give you any more? Sure. And I think, Stuart, that might be hard to gauge, might be hard to measure. Well, I, I, I don't think there's, a, there's any doubt that the projects, a bar one, yeah. uh, have been delivered as, yeah. as they were set out. Yeah. The, the question But did one, they work? Uh, well, that's, that, that, that's something that can be evaluated and, yeah. and, exp and explored. Yeah. But I would say that if the general feeling is that you want to do uh, initiatives like levelling up yeah. uh, or shared prosperity funding and so yeah. forth, that it's best done at a devolved city yeah. Or, or regional level because yeah. the folks on the ground understand what their areas yeah. need. So yeah. that I think 
We remember that that first deal was done, um, how should we say, it was done in a hurry? Yes. Uh, so well, certainly the Scottish part was done in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I do think there's scope for us to yeah. reshape the kinds of projects that yeah. are, are being supported. Well, I mean, right. we've talked about it in the past, but I spent a day in Manchester last week and my goodness, is that city open and welcoming to yeah. business? And there must be lessons, right. Willie, for Glasgow here. So, so Stuart, we, you know, we, we're putting a message out this morning to, to business now that we believe that, as Tom says, it's a no-moan zone. Right? Mm. So you've got to have a solution. And I'm saying the solution now is this. Business now must have a voice, mm. right? And people now have to be more vocal about what they think is it for let politicians know, really let politicians know if policies are bad, they have to be up in arms, right? I'm not saying we'll become French farmers and we get my tractors and we block the roads. Well, maybe we should. Right, but maybe we should, yeah. right? Because we cannot sit back and take any more of this. We are getting taxed to death. I think on the our our approach has been largely around what are the positive investments that we would like to see happen in our city region yeah. that will help grow the economy. Uh, clearly, we're getting the same kind of feedback that you are about the decisions around tax, but we're equally getting uh, pressure to ask what's happening in we've said it before the next phase of the Scottish Events Campus, the Clyde Metro, uh, the development of uh, city centre recovery plans. That's what we're getting uh, feedback from our members to suggest, yeah. can we move on these projects? These are the kinds of uh, positive investments that would help us yeah. grow our economy. Stuart, great to have you back. We look forward to it. Hopefully you'll be here next month. I got off quite lightly there. Positive Patrick. Yes. Thank you, Stuart. <laughs> the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. This week's special guest is Ryan Longmuir, Managing Director and Founder of Regis Banqueting Limited, an event-based catering company. Good morning, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Ryan, it's lovely to see you again. Yes. You've just reminded me that when we spoke together at the PSYBT, which takes me back, how, how long ago was that? I reckon it must have been at least 15 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say that. Even yeah. maybe possibly more. Did, did I have hair then? No, I didn't have hair then. <laughs> no. But listen, it's lovely to see you. It's a hell of a story you've got mm. to tell us this morning. So yeah. let's kick it off, will Fire in. Okay. Um, so I suppose for me, it's a bit of a misspent youth, um, more like a lot of people in central Scotland, you know, particularly in the west, central Scotland. So kind of misspent youth, kind of get involved with drugs and stuff. And I suppose I always had this kind of wee entrepreneurial spark. So I remember my first business was, um, I copied the Lion King um, VHS video and sold that. That was when I was a, 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 a nipper snapper. So that was a pirate copy then? <laughs> that was a pirate copy back in the day. And then I kind of moved on. I had a paper round and I, I've done it. You get paper rounds where you work for the shop and that was great. So I worked for the shop. But I had this to get around and chap all the other doors and get my own customers as well but rather than tell the paper shop I just stole the papers so <laughs> it was very right, profitable very, um, aye. Aye. <laughs> it's probably not what we're endorsing in the I have to say that that was over 25 years ago <laughs> yes. and now you can't be charged <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of how it went and then I suppose get kind of involved with drugs and stuff and then in so where were you brought up Ryan? so I was brought up in Kirk and Tillich. Kirk yeah. and Tillich. Aye, so That was it, Kirky. And then in 1999, get kind of caught up in drugs and stuff, misspent youth, and then actually get caught importing drugs into New Zealand in 1999. Wow. And that was the kind of catalyst for change, to be honest with you, you know. So right. at that point, that's basically where I turned my life Did around. Did they throw you out? 
Well, <laughs> eventually, yes, they did die. So basically, I, I became a Christian at that point. You know, I kind of prayed a prayer. I don't believe there is a God. My life's a mess. And basically turned my life around. And at that point, I really made a decision. I wanted my life to count and make a success of it. Right. Good. Right. So so I'm... I obviously met you after all that because I, yes, I didn't did. know that part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> you kept that quiet, right? right? <laughs> so, so what then? What happened? We come back from New Zealand, and then what did you decide to yep. do? So, come back for, and that was really right in the height of the heroin epidemic. To be honest, where a few kind of train spotting had come out, and I. We, we started a charity called Free for Life where we helped people get off drugs, daycare programme. I had a flat, took people in, seen lots of people getting off heroin. It was great, amazing. And then the council came, kind of care commission shut us down. We couldn't do that. And then right. basically the charity ran out of money. So at that point, I was kind of unemployed and unemployable. And I thought, how can you help the poor if you're poor? So I really had this thing to really start a business, you know. And didn't ever think oh, I would have a business, but just an opportunity came. So kind of the church that I was part of, they had a cafe, it wasn't making any money. And they, they said, look, why don't you run that, take that on, and then kind of start a business for there. And I was kind of inspired a bit with Jamie Oliver when he had the kind of 15, 15 restaurant, yeah. uh -huh. you know, to help yeah. people for disadvantaged backgrounds and employment. And as I say, I've seen lots of people getting off drugs, but they were struggling to get back into employment. So just really a heart there to try and help ex-offenders and different stuff. And that's really how it started, you know, and I thought I've got God, right. how different difficult can it be? I'll be a millionaire in two years' time. How wrong I was, let me tell so, you. So, so, Ryan, there was obviously something within you that was entrepreneurial. You, yep. you kind of went to the wrong side yep. of that line. Yep. But, but where do you think that came from? I think you will probably know that and, and many times it, we, we wrestle is it nature is it nurture and I truly believe it's a bit of both to be honest with you you know right. and I think and I think that there's that thing in you that you see opportunity you know I'm just curious do you know what I mean I can't do anything do you know I'm sure I would be on the spectrum if I was getting tested you know it's just the way we are as sure. entrepreneurs you know so I think there's that in you you see an opportunity you see I can make I can do something good I can make a difference you want to please people I think that's all come out and I think your environment you're around you know somebody gives you a bit of encouragement and you say oh, I'll have a go at it you know so I'm just and you get encouraged with the PSYBT I did indeed you know so I, I remember you know right at the start I didn't know nothing you know somebody says you should go to the kind of business gateway and then they got me in touch with the PSYBT you know and that was just such you know and I remember at the time so you, you had to pitch for the money you know so there was the kind of going it was like three proper business people and I remember sitting there and he's like ah, have you got any business I used to sell drugs in that mate no and I didn't know <laughs> whether that was a plausible thing to say but anyway <laughs> They seen that well. there was, <laughs> seen there was this passion, and I got a soft loan, you know. And I, I wouldn't give it an ex drug dealer, not I mean five thousand pound, but well. they seen something in me. But so maybe was... we should explain to the listeners what the PSYBT was for people who don't Aye. know. So it was a Prince's Youth Trust to help start up businesses and to help yep. people like yes. yourself Aye. who are maybe a wee bit far removed from the conveyor belt of enterprise. And it was it was King Charles, now King yes. Charles, yes. who did it. I sat on the board for fifteen years. Uh, I was on it, I think, for four. Yeah. Four, yeah. And um, it was it was really yep. great. And it's where I met Evelyn McDonald, who yep. now runs Edge. Yeah. Yep. That's where I went. That's where I met Michelle Moon. <laughs> well, I Okay, so. well, that's, that's a whole different story. Ah, right, right, okay. So, but maybe a wee story on that, because during COP26, so I've met 
King Charles now a couple of times so I went to Holyrood Palace and then went down to Kensington Palace bad guy turned good you know so I was a bit of a poster boy for them I mind they put a picture up on one of the big billboards in Glasgow you know I was like goodness me but anyway I met him <laughs> but then during COP26 so we really had this and there's this bit that in the Bible it talked about that basically did you see somebody skillful in their work they'll no stand before obscure men but they'll serve before kings and during COP26 we actually did a job where we basically served King Charles Camilla right. William and Kate, you know, and I spoke to him, I got his kind of private secretary, I says, look, I just, I've been helped through the Prince's Trust, and so he spoke away for 10 minutes, you know, and it was wow. just, it was, do you know, I just have to pinch myself, do you know, a wee guy yeah. from Cumbernauld has got this opportunity to do that and serve the no, king. You've I... got to stop pinching. Right, so, the cafe, yeah. you have saw a wee opportunity, yeah. and you get stuck in. Yeah, we did. I right. mean, so the first... So I can tell you the guy got stuck into yeah. things. So, so the first first job, I mean, I didn't know nothing, so I had to phone the mother-in-law and ask her how to make steak pie, but that was <laughs> a kind of <laughs> how we get started. And then I thought, I better go to college and learn how to cook. You know, I've always loved food and been passionate about it, but just really just kept saying yes, you know, and we started small, you know, went round the bowling clubs. And then my sister-in-law, she came in part of the business at the start, which was amazing. And she was actually a Miss Scotland, but she was for African descent. So so it was brilliant so she went out with the business cards and even when it said no cold calling they would let her come in and stuff so that was a wee kind of <laughs> strategy at the start so it was great so I think you've just got to use what you've got you know and we just continued to kind of go for there and just kept saying yeah. yes So explain to the listeners this morning what your business is Yeah so it's an event based catering company so we do kind of some business and industry stuff but we do like mega events we did the World Cycling Championship last year we did stuff for um, Commonwealth Games So you do the catering? We did the catering yep it right. definitely Events. We also do the catering at Glasgow University. So different things we do. I think we've done about 450 weddings last year. So do wow. lots of stuff. We 450 do, weddings? Yep. So wow. we do Dundee United. So we're looking to get into any stadiums, you know, Hamden or that when that's up, things right. like that. So we do catering and just kind of different stuff, kind of small business lunches right through and to what, larger mega events. And what would you say is your unique selling point, Ryan? What makes you different yep. I to think the rest? for the start, our kind of is exceptional food at a price you can afford them. We're not the most expensive, we're not the cheapest, but we really give, you know, go above and beyond, you know, and because we've got all our staff are in-house, you know, we've really just built it, there's a culture there, they're going the extra mile, you know, and we really do amazing food, we make it all in-house, you know, and I really believe that we we're able to pull people that's aspirational because they see that they're getting value and also people that would pick the really expensive ones are able to come and get an amazing service with us, you know. So your business is going along, you're doing well, and then the dreaded COVID hits. Yep. So how did you cope? So so it was a, it was an amazing time. I mean, obviously it was tough because we've, we've owned business and you think you might lose a contract. You could maybe lose 10, 20% of your business, but literally overnight it just like stopped. It just you know, finished. It just finished. And so during, I mean, we were down to 15% of turnover, you know, so I was kind of like, oh no, what are we going to do? So fa thankfully we own our own property. We've not got any debt in the business. We own all the vans outright. So everything. So we were well capitalized. We are in a good place. So right. we kind of thought, what do you do? you know so like any business person you do need to pivot so we went and rented out our vans to the butchers that were mad busy you know so that got a bit of money in to pay the phone bills and all the stuff right. and then I made a decision just so, so much negativity bad news I thought I'm not having this you know I've, I'm in business I've always lived by faith so I thought 
we're going to, so they put all the homeless up in hotels, but we decided a business, we were going to feed the homeless until the money or the food ran out. Wow. And the money or the food never ran out, you know. So all the people that are on furlough came in and they helped do that, you know, volunteering. And it was great, you know. And then business people heard what I was doing, saying, look, can I sponsor a night? They knew if they gave me £500, we were feeding 500 people, you know. So it was brilliant. Right. Wow. So we'd done that. And then we started doing, like, dine at home stuff and different things. Never really made much money at it, but it really just kept, kept the word going. And, and then we decided to give a free wedding because everybody was cancelling and all the stuff in the media and we decided MD that had been affected would win a free wedding so we actually wow. gave a free wedding away worth three thousand pound to a nurse that was working in one of the icu units and stuff you know so it was great and i think because of that we kept working we kept the message going out you know and we kept doing that and also i think a wee inspired moment i thought we could batten down the hatches. I own some commercial property and different stuff as well, but I thought we've always kind of worked, we've always done that. So I thought we need to do something with this money before the wife spends it. So the other money we went and we bought a camper van and motorhome hire business, which was amazing, you know? Right. And I think that just, you know, so the staycation boom happened, you know? <laughs> the fat went down to 5%. You so didn't it just... buy it with somebody who was selling money for bailers? So that's what happened for us. And I got a bit of time, you know, so I'd been hard at it for 17 years get a month off to hang out with the kids in Spain and stuff so it was it was great you know so I think it got that fire and that excitement you know and I think for me I thought if we if I was able to get to where we were before Covid now we all this team and we get back how good can we go you know and it was really it was just I, I'm always remembered that in crisis there's two words the Chinese and the second syllable is opportunity in every crisis there's always opportunity you know and we really seized that opportunity and in the back of Covid we just boomed you know what I mean because we were capitalised everybody had paid off companies went to the wall you know and we really just it's been we picked up with one contracts like with Glasgow Uni we'd never have got these things pre-Covid right. that there have been the big multinational PLCs you know and, and mm -hmm. it's been incredible people at Glasgow University yeah. gave you a chance yeah, yeah. totally where are you based? Where's so we're based in Cumbernauld so we've got a 6,000 square foot um, central production unit out in Cumbernauld right right and so t tell the listeners the name of your company so it's Regis Banqueting Limited and how can they get in touch with you so they can Google um, Regis and I'm sure or you can Google my name and you'll get to read all sorts of weird and wonderful things but um, if they do that we've got a website we've got the social media stuff and we've got the good old phone number as well and you will get somebody answering you and that's a, a good thing a human being a human being yes well, it's a, it's a heck of a story, Willie, and it, it just shows how, with the right attitude, you can turn things yep. around. Because yeah. you've been very honest this morning about your upbringing, etc. Um, but you're not looking for any sympathy for it, Ryan. No. And you're saying, you know, COVID hit, and okay, that was terrible. I lost 85% of my business, but yeah. here's what we did. Here's what we did to keep going. And then afterwards... You know, people are coming saying, "Right, you're 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 still going, Ryan. You've still mm. got your team." So it's, it's how, how many people do you employ, Ryan? So so. Overall, we've got 200 staff, but equivalent to 70 full-time. So right. there's there's a lot of students who work full-time this summer. So we are quite... Right. I mean, we're busy throughout the months, but the summer months where there's right. mega events go through the roof right. type thing. But there's there's 70 equivalent, 70 full-time staff if you put all the hours in. That's how and are you having... You know, we have loads of guests on, and I'm, I'm a kind of part in the hospitality industry as well. Are you having the same problem getting staff as most people? 
I'll be honest with you, we've been brilliant. Do you know, I think the nature of our, so all the chefs really only work two nights a week. So right. we tend to do kind of Tuesday to Saturday. So we try no work a Sunday, do you know. So there's there's a lot of things for that. And I think if you're fair, so a lot of people are on, so MD that's on as a contract, they do get paid for every hour. So if you're on a 40 hour contract and you work 45 hours, you get paid the extra five hours. So we've always right. been fair up front, do you know. And, I think if you're good to work for people, the word gets round, and we have been very fortunate. You know, during the, after COVID, could people couldn't get staff or anything? You know, and, and we were really fortunate to be honest with you. Do you know, right, I think yeah. if you're good with people, do you know that yeah. that's what helps? You know, for sure. Has this been a busy two weeks for you? Have you been doing any burn suppers? Have you been doing all that stuff? Yeah, we have. I'm a keen skier, so I have to say I got a wee bit of downtime in January, so I'm a mad keen skier. You're but yes, skiing, were you? Yes, I. So, but I have. We have done some burn suppers, different things. So not. January's been good, we're up 50% this January and what we were last year, do you know, so that's really encouraging, do you know, in the order book and the pipeline's looking good, so it's brilliant. Well, what a story, yeah. right, and we, no, thanks for coming on and we certainly wish you all the best for the future. Brilliant. Yeah, right, nice to see you, you again. You too, thanks, I'm glad guys. you're doing so well from the PSYBT. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's a great story for the listeners this morning, so please keep in touch with we us. Will do. Let us know how you're going. And good luck to you. Thanks so much. All the best. Right. Cheers, guys. The board you can't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Tom, this morning we have a wonderful guest on the show for the board you can't afford. It's Yvonne Lindsay, who is the managing director of Telecom Networks. Welcome, Yvonne. Hi. Good morning. Thank good you very morning, much for having me. Good morning, Yvonne. How guys. are you? I'm very well. Good. Better for being here. Well, that's a common occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the listeners a wee bit about yourself, a couple of minutes and about the business, and then we can get into your question. Absolutely. So my name's Yvonne Lindsay. I am the business owner of a company called Telecom Networks. The business was set up in 2010 with a small loan from my father at the time, of course, because we never, we'll never get any money when we yeah. go into these ventures. And we've been trading now for 13 years. We're a small team of 10 employees and we have approximately about 1,000 customers. Wow. Yeah. So what what's the service that you provide? Yvonne? So the service is tech and IT. So it's pretty right. current at the moment. There's there's so much going on in the industry. So it's, it's fast paced and it is really exciting. So right. we sell services to businesses. In fact, you're... The previous person who was on, Ryan, Ryan? from he's actually one of our customers. Oh, so it was good. really nice to see him right. this morning. Right. And we service business owners, predominantly SME, as we struggle to get in with councils, you know, and governments and things. So that, that's a right, challenge yeah. for us. But okay. SMEs is probably our core market. And we sell services, telephony, right. IT, mobile phones. We've moved into uh, the print space now. We see yeah. there's a need and demand for that. So we're trying to diversify and the services that we offer. Right. So can I ask you, are we competition? We oh, may be. So you we know, may we be. own comms FM. Yes, right? yes, I, yes yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, I, I've actually known them for a right. long time. They, they were about in my days in BT, yeah. so uh, pre before I set up the business, I was in BT yeah. for 10 years. So right. I came out the, the corporate world. And is that where you get the idea for the business? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So right. I guess what we done was we we took the challenges. In 2003, BT took its contact centres um, out to India and the Philippines. Yeah. Right. And they created like 50,000 jobs, which were not in the UK. Right. And 
within the, the corporate world of BT, people loved the brand. They were passionate about the brand. And I guess people started to lose faith in the brand because yep. unfortunately these foreign call centres just didn't offer the same customer service. Nope. So we started to get lots of issues and complaints and things right. we couldn't control. And that we all remember being fix. raging down the line. Absolutely, <laughs> shouting at advisors. So I, I seen a niche in the market and an opportunity to take the knowledge that I'd learned from BT, all the good bits and all the bad things, and decided to get my own. So my dad gave me a loan of the money. That got us our first premise. Right. My first couple of employees, and um, we've, we've just continued to grow and grow. So, so what size is the business today? We've we're a small team of ten, yeah. but instead we've got about a thousand customers, yeah. and they range from two to three employees up to three hundred customers. And what's your turnover? Our turnover turnover is just over two million pounds. So what's your question for me and Tam? Okay, so my question is that at one of the challenges we have is bigger companies are currently buying out smaller companies like mine's. Right. So with these acquisitions coming along, we find it more challenging to be competitive in the industry because the buy price that we're getting it is much higher than somebody that's got a greater buying, buying power. So how could we continue as a business to stay successful, to stay current without being gobbled up by a big organisation to still take on new business, take on new clients. I've got a great suggestion. Tell buy me. Comms FM. <laughs> Maybe Comms FM will buy me. <laughs> we get asked every day. You just said you didn't want to get gobbled up by no, bigger businesses. No, just the thing. People want to buy us every day. Now, we don't, yes. I, I don't want to sell the business. You no, know, yeah. it was my first baby. I had it before I had children, so I'm yeah, passionate okay. about it. And where are you based? We're based in Coatbridge. All right, okay. Yeah, but Bright we service Bridge. the whole of the UK with customers up and down the country. Right. But that is, that's one of our huge buy barriers to selling at the moment is bigger organisations are buying up small competitors right. like me so there's well, less people in the market What I would say Evelyn is it's not always about price and I understand maybe your competitors have got a price advantage yeah. but the advantage you've got is you're small yeah. which means you're agile which means you care about your customers Absolutely. Because what I've found in service businesses, the bigger they get, the dumber they get yeah. because they get yeah. further away. I mean, just, you've just said it about BT. You, they make a decision to take 50,000 jobs to, to another part of the world. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So I can tell if you go in to get a bit of business, you're going to come back with that bit of business yeah. because the person you're sitting opposite is going to see you're passionate, you're the business owner, you're, you're really going to take care of that customer. And price is one thing in the whole mix of what you have to sell. Mm -hmm. And that's about getting that message across. We're a local business, mm -hmm. we're a small business, we care about our customers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What do you yeah. think, Willie? And, and, and the small bit of knowledge that I've got about the comms AFM business that my son yeah. owns is this... It, it kind of looked to me, he's been going for about 25 yep. years and I think there's still only maybe three and a half million turnover. Yeah. I get the impression it's an industry where you've got the big guys. Of course. And because of off-generalised places, you've got to have competition. Yes. But you end up with just loads of small businesses. You never get anybody growing too much. It's as if 
they let no they let you they let comms fm survive yeah right because that they can say there's no monopoly right. i remember way back in the day probably what with bt remember they brought out the new rule that bt couldn't have a monopoly That's so right. what bt does they pick people like comms fm maybe pick, and so okay we've not got monopoly we deal with yeah, this company here right exactly but they let you they let you deal at a size that they were quite happy with you're always oh, this size i would think that um Say no, no, too much about it. But it's been a good wee steady business, and it's it's made money for twenty five. Made money every year for twenty five years, right? Right. So I think it turns over about three and a bit million, maybe makes two hundred and odd whatever profit. But it used to make more. It used to make more money, but it's everybody's trying to cut everybody's margin. Yeah. I, I would only say to this question. I just wonder. <laughs> I don't want to get dragged into this through my son, but look, if some of the smaller companies could work together yeah. to present themselves, you know, how you would then dish out the work, how you dish out the, the turnover. But I think maybe somewhere either you have a consolidation and you, one person brings them all together yes. and the other one company, or to see if there's any collaboration that you could have where b both the businesses mm -hmm. could benefit, yeah. you know. But it's a very regulated industry. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Yvonne? How are, how are you approaching it? What we're doing is we're actually trying to do a lot more networking. So we're working with other companies that yeah. don't sell the same product as us right. so yeah. that we can then start passing leads and referrals to each other. Yeah. So we believe like IT companies, customers are really passionate about their IT company and believe what they say. Yeah. So if we, and we have been doing this for many years, is we're trying to build those relationships so that if an IT company goes in and you need services, they would recommend us and then vice versa, we'll go in and find opportunities for them. So right. we we don't want to profess that we're IT specialists, but what we're trying to do is add more strings to our bow so that if we can get the opportunities, we can then pass them to other people who do specialise in that, but almost ultimately come under as a working partnership right so the customer could get the one bill we'll build them we'll service them but yeah. we can work with the people that we like as recommendations yeah. so networking we're, we're hugely growing in networking just now coming out of our comfort zone getting in there getting to events doing seminars yeah doing this type yeah. of thing i think to be fair i think comms fm which is the name of the company yeah. i think they kind of live on off the back of what they get from city Right, yeah. they do a lot of stuff for us, so they buy a lot of... I don't know how they would do without that, but I think that if we want to know, you want, it's it's a kind of sales and marketing that's it's tough, eh? You've got to of just keep going, is. keep going, and you, you send out loads of, um, you know, quotes, and you're lucky if you get 5% of them back of or whatever. So we bit cut through it for the smaller guys to make a decent margin in this big And sector. I guess, Willie, for us, that we because we are a small company, we we wear multi-hats. So yes. I do the payroll, I do the HR, I do the sales, <laughs> you know, I'm doing the social, the marketing, because we don't... But it's great fun. It yeah. is, it's amazing. But you're doing great to have group, a £2 million pound ton of a business with So I'll obviously not people. be pitching for your business today. No, I, I think it's probably a family connection. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. um, well, listen, thanks for coming on. Thank yeah. you for having um, me. And just the last piece of advice is if you can get in front of somebody, my money's on you to bring mm -hmm. home the business. Yeah, bring yeah. home the So yeah. um, good luck. Keep in touch with the yeah. show. Thank you very yeah. much. And let us know how you're getting on. I will yeah. do. And I might come and have a wee chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you. That would be appreciated. I, I can see Willie's mind going Absolutely. here. Um, Kenny's <laughs> going to get a call. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe something else that I never need to bother about. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Good luck. Thank you again. Take care. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode. Go.